Yeah, episode three. Welcome to the Arl Knots podcast number three for the week of September 28th, 2016. Which, if you want to be a jerk, is maybe three weeks after our last one, but we came back anyway, because that's the Arl Knots way. We missed some weeks, but we're trying hard to bring you the, the goodness. And uh, we're going to explain to you why we missed some of those weeks today. Uh, we're going to talk about our trip to Portland, uh, the XOXO Festival. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, give you some ep- updates on episode five. And then we're going to jump into some e- entertainment recommendations for you. So XOXO was amazing. Uh, we were invited to attend the XOXO Festival in Portland, uh, which we've been talking a little bit about. And it was a Excellent experience. To give you a little background, the XOXO uh, Festival, which they stopped calling it, now it's just XOXO. We'll explain to you why in a minute. Uh, is a festival that kind of operates uh, with four categories, and it's speakers, and these people are sort of like motivational speakers. They're entertainers and media you know, people that come in and sort of open up and share the ups and downs of their life. Uh, then there's arcade. Heavy... heavy uh... Uh, heavy focus on internet people who are trying to sort of build their th- brand on the internet. Yeah, a lot of people say that XO is the 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 internet's best the, the best festival that celebrated the internet. I think I, I heard one of the founders described as the human Tumblr page because he's just so good <laughs> at finding those links and bringing them to you. Yep. Um, so he's sort of an innovator in like shedding light on possibly obscure artists like ourselves. Um, but yeah, so it's broken out into speakers. Arcade, which is freelance game or uh, independent game developers, tabletop, which is um, you know what sounds like board game makers and developers, and then film and animation, which is where we fell into. And uh, we were in some pretty strong company. It felt kind of strange to be on the stage with some of these people. And uh, yeah, it was our first public appearance, and it was really just exciting. We hung out with um, and shared the stage with a couple people. Um, audio wizard Neil Cicerega known as uh he has a youtube channel called uh neil sick sorry neil cic he's incredible the one that put neil on the map so to speak was brody quest which i think a lot of people know about but the guy is a complete master of audio and video manipulation and uh i've been a big fan of his stuff for a long time when i mentioned to other people the most the thing they were most familiar with was mouth the Smash Mouth the version Smash Mouth of uh, yeah, it was like the remix. hard, like hardcore industrial remix of uh, "Hey Now You're an All Star" with this just ridiculous video of <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that was like if you were under the influence of any kind of hallucinogenic, that video would <laughs> probably drive you to insanity. Yeah, please, please, uh, everybody that we're going to be talking about, ch- check out all of their work. They're really an amazing team. Yeah, we uh, we we also got a chance to meet. Um, the the animation uh, couple actually Alex and Lindsay Smallbutera who developed a, a pretty popular series called Batman Piderman, which are the legally different names of the Batman and Spider Man parodies in their cartoon. <laughs> it's a really great cartoon. They're an amazing couple. A couple of the most like hilarious people we've met. Um, yeah, they're 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 fantastic. They're also doing a lot of pioneering work in the animation field. Uh, opening up doorways for people to work over the internet which you know a lot of people say if you're going to be an actor you have to go to hollywood you know all these these kinds of things they're looking to to open up doors for people in different locations to 
work in the industry and with animation that's been a, a huge struggle uh, in the same way that it might be for an actor. Uh, so they're they're really leading the charge in a lot of ways, and they have an incredible online presence, and they're really doing some amazing work. No shit, they did all that. I just yeah. talked to Alex mostly about MMA and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> He's about a year in in his Brazilian Jiu Jitsu experience. No, yeah, so he, I mean, he I and mean, I just kind of nerded. We out talked on about that. everything. I mean, we were we got into King Richard's Fair in New Hampshire, uh, which we all, I guess, you know, Neil and uh, Lindsay. And, and Alex have all been to the King Richard's Fair. It's like a renaissance festival in New England. We and, definitely, uh, when is that? We definitely got to do that, right? I want to hit, I, don't, I want to stay in touch with those people. I don't want to have oh that like God, we have senior year yearbook moment. We're all going to be best friends for life and then just never talk to each other. No, again. we have to, we have to do that. We have to we, do it too, because everybody, all these guys are like top dogs on the internet with like tens of thousands of followers. And we're just like, you know. But let's keep up the fine tradition yeah. of going to the renaissance festival dressed as civil war <laughs> uh, soldiers or Revolutionary War, maybe. Or I want to go as a cowboy. <laughs> Just a straight up like like bandit mask. Perfect. Um, but yeah, the sort of like icing on the cake though during that trip was that we were also sharing the stage with Matt and Mike Chapman, the uh, the brothers behind Homestar Runner and Strong Band. That was uh, they were sort of like uh, the all star guest in our in our division. They they've obviously been around longer than you know most of the people that were all on the stage as well. But they are just, apparently uh, the founder, Andy, was, had been trying to get them to come to the festival for like for years and they finally got around to it. And they are just the the most awesome guys. Yeah, Mike imagine. and Matt, were they were, yeah, the best. <laughs> yeah, they were just like super humble, shared a lot of like the similar experiences that we had. So we, we, all, we all just kind of hit it off right away and just, so this like was our core group, of, like our hangout group. <laughs> like the last few days we were there, it was like, our little gang just sort of roving around. There were some other great people in the film and animation that we didn't, unfortunately, have a chance to talk to as much, but uh, that included... Um, uh, the, the the folks from Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, uh, Becky Sloan and Joseph Pelling. Which, if you haven't seen that show, um, if you're fans of Creepio, this is like Creepio's version of a kid's show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah, they, they're uh, in terms of puppetry and songwriting and production... The Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared series is is their second to none, really. Uh, so definitely check that out. Check out everybody's work. The, yeah, that's and then the weirdest uh, entry, I think, was that the fact that immediately following us was Anita Sarkeesian, which if you're not familiar with her, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, I mean, she's, a polarizing yeah, she's a polarizing figure. figure. She's, she's very much on the forefront of the Gamergate uh, controversy on the side of, uh, you know, uh, female rights you know in the not only the game world but just as game fans game creators and so a lot of you know she while she's out there trying to promote you know her her side she's run into the, the standard you know death threats you know just you know she's run into the worst people on the internet and she just keeps going so however you feel about her you have to totally respect you know her resolve and just you know to stay out there in the front and in our heads it felt kind of funny for someone like that to follow a couple of dudes who replace sounds in movies with farts <laughs> just like that but there was a funny moment when this the, the the speakers were done talking there was a two-hour break before the film and animation speakers went up and before that uh andy came on stage and just announced you know say take we're taking a break but please come back the film and animation uh speakers are coming up next you're gonna love them we've got you know the makers of Batman, Spider-Man, like the crowd applause. We've got Anita Sarkeesian. <laughs> Woo! 
we've got this guy. And it was like, everybody got an applause. They Homestar Runners, like, holy shit. Uh, but before that, I was like, we've got the Arlnauts. And it was crickets. De- just dead silence. <laughs> Literally not a sound. Not even <laughs> not even an awkward sneeze. Not even like a, woo! Yeah. Just nothing. And I, you know, and, and I think we both had different reactions to it. I know for me, I looked at, I looked at Craven and I was just like, oh yeah, dude, all bets are off. We can do whatever we want on stage and it won't even matter because nobody even knows what we do. I was like, I could have you go up there and hold a board for me and I could just kick it and then we'd be done. And they'd be like, that's the Arlenauts, ladies and gentlemen. They are they do karate demonstrations. I kind of regret not doing that now. That would have been a great way to start. Oh, we're karate masters, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the sort of icing on the cake though was that uh, they couldn't get the rights to, to, to show a certain film at the end of the night uh, they do like a mystery movie, and uh, they couldn't get the rights to to show the film, which was called XOXO, and it's a film that has nothing to do with the festival. But they thought it'd be hilarious to show it because it's as an analogy to the festival. It's got a lot of funny things going on, and the film is basically like a terrible movie. But uh, it's on Netflix right now if you want to check it out. <laughs> it's a, and in fact, if you try to look up this festival we're talking about, you're probably going to get results for that film and be really confused. Exactly. Uh, so, so they, yeah, so they, they asked us if they could show episode four in place of that. So that was pretty hilarious. So we yeah. got a screening of episode four at the festival, which was awesome. Yeah. I guess to set that up, the, uh, the film is XO, it's called XOXO and it's about an EDM festival where it's like a coming of age story for these like <laughs> goofy teens that like trip on Molly and experience life, you know, it, it's like. Garden State, but for EDM kids, I guess, or something like that. It looks <laughs> yeah. pretty bad, but it's uh, um, the the founders of this festival that we went to contacted them. They were like, "Can you please put a disclaimer that this is not related to the real?" Because a lot of people are searching for. It. They're like, "Oh, this festival's real? Oh, rad! The festival from the movie's real. We gotta go!" And so they started hitting up the founders of this festival, and they're like, "You need to put a disclaimer that this is not the same." Um, and so apparently the disclaimer was not worded correctly. So people actually thought they're like, this isn't the real EXO festival, but there is a real EXO festival. So people just assume that there was a real EDM festival called XOXO. <laughs> so, yeah. So they were, so the big joke was they were going to show that film and they couldn't even get the rights to do that. So we, they sh- we screened episode four, which reminds me, our presentation involved, uh, you know, they they were asking us if we could premiere something new. They like they they said one of the things they like most is having creators share new work, and we didn't really have anything that was new that we hadn't posted already, um, except for some episode five scenes that we'd been working on. Right. So we thought it'd be cool uh, to to put a couple scenes together. One of which you've already seen. Uh, that we just posted that on YouTube a couple days ago. Um, the mini Chlorian scene on Dagobah, but. Uh, it was even funnier than like to know that like nobody in that audience ever heard of us. They probably couldn't like those <laughs> scenes meant nothing to them. <laughs> there were a couple people that did that did were familiar with the Star Wars stuff, but uh, yeah. Well, big thanks to to Andy Bayo and Andy McMillan for uh, the creators of the XOXO Festival for having us out there. Yeah. It was really a, a, a just spectacular time. And. It also gave uh, Craven and I a chance to sharpen up our bowling game. We, for some reason, I don't know why. I don't know if it was just Portland or it's because it was on the way between our hotel and the and the and the event. There was this bowling alley just right there. We just the got sucked in. We got sucked in multiple days in a row. Just Zach and I, just in there, just bowling and like off peak hours too. It was like sometimes it was literally just us there. Like there were more staff people working than there there were bowlers. And yeah. We were like, oh, these two dudes, man, they're back. Let's, uh, they charge us a different rate every time we went in. I didn't quite figure out 
when, when we were getting ripped off and we were getting a deal. Speaking of which, we're going to plan a bowling night in, in New York City if anybody's around. We'll yeah. figure out the timing on that, and we'll we'll set a date. We'll school you guys. I mean, obviously, we're expert <laughs> bowlers now. Um, yeah, it was it was the point too where like we started off having fun, and then eventually we both started like slowly improving. So then we both started actually getting angry when we <laughs> when we threw a, a like a turd down the down the lane. Speaking of bowling, um, let's talk about multi bowl. Oh God! Yeah, I'll let you I'll let you take this one because it's. Yeah. It's, yeah. So like I mentioned earlier, there was an arcade portion of the night of the festival and kind of the runaway hit of that night was this game called Multi Bowl. Uh, it's created by Bennett Foddy and uh, A.P. Thompson out of New York. And those that game, man. It's, so the game, first ben, of all, Bennett Foddy, by the way, is the creator of Quop. If you've never heard of Quop, Q.W.O.P., go play it right now. <laughs> it's a flash game. It's a classic flash game. And after you play it, look up the, the Quop cosplayer clip, <laughs> which completely blew my mind. Who may be dead now. That that, that cosplay <laughs> used to be in, like, peak athletic shape to pull off that, that character. That guy. Oh, my guy. God. I just saw, like, a thousand ways for his, oh like, God. tendons to snap. Um <laughs> So yeah, this game, like, first of all, what makes the game great is that he can't even legally sell it and he knows that and he doesn't care because it's like a remix game. If you ever played WarioWare, you kind of get an idea of what to expect. It's a two-player battle game and it's a collection of over 250 real games, classic games, all the way back to the Atari to, you know, Street Fighter 2 is in there. It's like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, PC. They're all perfect emulations and this game just starts... It briefly tells you what you need to do, and then it just drops you in there, and you have to win 10 rounds, basically. <laughs> and you got about 30 seconds to play each game. So, for instance, you know, Craven and I were playing it in front of everybody. <laughs> there was a huge line to play this game. And it was like one stage was the end of Double Dragon. And they're like, defeat your brother, and then just go, and you have to win. And chances are it's so hectic that one of you is just going to freak out and fall off the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the conditions of each game are a little bit different. And just the, the whole idea of the, the crossover between all the different systems is so jarring and so hilarious. We're gonna try to, so we're going to try to do a stream uh, playing this game. Uh, we tried it a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and it, it kind of if fell you were apart. around, we kind of announced a stream, and that was gonna, we were going to play that game. You know, uh, Bennett was awesome enough to, to let us have a build of the game, which he's not even, you know, um, you know, he's not allowed to distribute it, but he's down to, like, just let people test it and play with it if they want to stream it. And we absolutely want to stream this game for you guys, like, and we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna figure it out. We just have to overcome some technical challenges, like usual. Yeah, it's funny it's a, how we you know we produce the stuff we do for you know our channel, but when it comes to this other side of of presenting who we are, there's always some stumbling blocks. But we're working at it hard to to sort of move past that and really uh, embrace the yeah. other side of of this. The streaming game is just so, it's like way more technical than we would have imagined. My computer, I, just, I was running it on my laptop. Your computer just, was crushed. It was, it couldn't it was handle crushed. it. Yeah, it's, just, you know, it's a Windows-based game. So we, like our main system is Mac and it's just, so we were like, let's run it on the laptop. And the laptop can run the game just fine and it can stream just fine, but it cannot run the game <laughs> and stream and have two cameras. And just, it just, the game just stuttered to a, you know. Like a frustrating level, you wouldn't. It would be. It would not be fun to watch. It was like this. That it, it turned into farts. It was the like game. that multi fart. It was like this. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we'll cut that. <laughs> so you want to? I you know want to give an episode five update. Yeah, man. We you know we 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 uh we launched uh a video earlier this week with a uh, a scene preview 
and uh, we're getting a lot of great reactions to that, a lot of amazing feedback. It seems like everybody's super on board with it, which we're totally psyched about. This episode, between Zach and I, is rapidly turning into probably one of our favorites. Like there, We are packing in some inexplicable gags in this one that I can't wait to share with, with you guys. Yeah, that's, 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 that becomes the challenge for us. Once we start getting really excited about what we're making, we just like, I want to, we just want to post this today. <laughs> yeah. It can't be done fast enough. Like we're, we're just as anxious as you guys are at this point. You know, stepping, to, stepping back and looking at, th at things, the big picture, we've had ideas about where the story is going and we've known that there are certain goalposts that we need to hit along the way. And it's sometimes it's only a matter of the minutia of, you know, specific scene development or how, what, what the twist on particular scenes might be in relation to the story that we're trying to tell. But uh, but in this one, everything's locking into place like perfectly. And it also feels a little bit more streamlined in terms of our process. I think, um, you know, the transition into the older films was always a bit of a, a challenge. But I think now that we've gotten into that that groove, hitting Empire, which is arguably the best. Well, I guess, you know, from a fan perspective, I think a lot of people feel that Empire is the best of the original trilogy. It's between that uh, and so, Attack of the Clones. Right. That, <laughs> so so getting into Empire, way back in the day, we talked about how Empire was going to be nearly impossible because we didn't want to make fun of a film that was so good. Uh, but we have completely left that philosophy in the dust yeah, on this. And it's turning into something really, really nutty. So I can't wait. I can't wait to to drop that one. We're working as hard as we can on it. All the support, by the way, that's coming in uh, on Patreon and, and 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 any other support has been just incredible. It's been awesome. Yeah, we. Uh, it's kind of hard to like. It's funny actually because like a lot of the speakers at XO the XO festival were sort of on, like explaining this weird line that that content creators have to walk, where you have to sort of project that everything is okay. And that you're like, you're, what you're doing is successful, but also that you, you, you can't be afraid to like ask for help because then if you're, if people think that you're too successful, they're like, well, they don't need my help. And it's like, no, they do. They always need your help. And in our case, it's, it's a weird line because, you know, we have ads on YouTube and I'm sure most of you know this at this point, but we don't get a lot of the ad dollars on our videos. A lot of them are, are monetized by the people who make the movies that we parody. And there's just nothing we can do about it. There's no real system in place to help us combat that or, or plead our case or you know just be like hey listen this is this is a good supplement to your stuff yeah. it gets some people are like it makes some people more excited about your movies than when they watch ours blah 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 it's just yes or no it's black and white um you know fox owns a lot of our star wars ones john williams just we used you know we use some of his music in the past and so he owns many of our star wars videos so it's it's tough to try and figure out. I mean, we accept like, that. You yeah, know, we they, accept uh, it. We're, we're like, this, gonna... this scene's just going to be right with it, so we're just going to do it. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, we are using stuff, you know, yeah. in a certain way. So it's like we have to accept that. But, but yeah, but crazy things keep happening. Like, we got, like, being invited to this festival was kind of an eye-opener. It's like, oh, we're out there, like, making things that people are, like, are responding to. And, like, you know, we always know that our fan response is great, but we just, like, kind of see our world in the bubble of our fan community and like outside of it we don't sometimes know what's going on so right. we're, we're like hey i guess maybe this is thing is worth investing in like full time and 
diving in. So, See, uh, yeah. speaking of which, yeah, yeah. On that note, uh, I I quit my job recently. It was. Uh, that got a quick mention in our update video <laughs> yeah. on YouTube, and it looks like a joke, but it's actually not it's, a joke. Yeah, it's true, and it's uh, it's not to say that we're crushing it and that like I, I can afford to quit my job. I just did it because I, I my job was starting to get in the way of what I felt was an acceptable balance between RL knots and making money, and it's just they you know they were they expected too much from me at that point. <laughs> I went in there with an understanding that I had this thing I do. And that it, I care more about it. I was like, they, they asked me point blank, is this your priority? And I said, oh, yeah. And they're like, cool. And I, I joke about it a lot where, you know, I looked at it sort of like dating a new girl. And you're just like, listen, right off the bat, I don't ever want kids. And they're like, yeah, me either. The kids are stupid. And then like six months later, they're like, eh, you still feel the same way about not having kids? I'm like, god damn it. Like, I knew this would come up. <laughs> but, oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's. So yeah, so I just it's just you know we just both know now for sure that Arl knots is something worth you know kind of jumping off the cliff. I think forward. we've always felt that, yeah. but it's it's like how do you? It's tough to do it though. You're like yeah, I want to do it 100, percent but I also need four walls to put myself in between yeah. to sleep at night. <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird balance. I think probably most artists experience that where yeah. it's like how do you pursue the thing that you're trying to do. Uh, how do you balance that out? Some people really go for it. I've I've worked with some people and I've known some people who basically will get a job for four, four or five months, work really hard, and then they'll just move to Germany and make their US dollars really work for them while they just completely go ape shit in another country. And then when the money runs out, they just come back. They work again for six months hard. And they, so they, that's a different kind of approach. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of what and, I did, though. I spent the last, like, year and a half at this place, you know, like, being as smart about it as I've ever been. I'm not a good planner. Like, it's it's known <laughs> amongst my friends, my peers, my <laughs> loved ones. It. I'm not a great planner. Um <laughs> And so I often just like, I'm very dismissive about my own future. <laughs> I'm like, what are you going to do with your life? I'm like, eh, hey, we'll see how it goes. Like I talk about it like we're making plans to go see a movie. You know, like which movie do you want to see? I'm like, eh, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's <laughs> but we're seeing a lot of incredible support uh, coming in from you guys, again, through, through the Patreon site, uh, through music sales, which we're always totally psyched about. The idea that we're making something, it's a product, you know, and you guys are, are supporting us by enjoying that stuff and, you know, dancing to it. Should we talk about Calculords or should we not? Oh, about- no, we should totally talk about Calculords. Yeah. yeah. So Calculords, so other things coming up uh, from an, on an, you know, continuing updates, Calculords uh, will become, it has a Kickstarter now. Calculords 2. Calculords 2. Yeah. Which is, uh, the game developed by Sean Baby, who was one of Zach's good friends. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with Sean Baby, he's he's sort of ubiquitous in the internet world. Um, or as he says, uh, oh, I, t- I, TV, I, TV's <laughs> Sean Baby from the internet. <laughs> to watch, go to his Kickstarter page. The Calculus Two Kickstarter page itself is entertaining. The yeah. writing is hilarious. Um, his his history is sort of he started off on his own website where he sort of invented listicles. Like, he just made, for his own entertainment, made lists about video game characters he hated. And, like, this was, like, back in 2000. So this is sort of, like, a lot of people view this as, like, the birthplace of the modern internet. Uh, at least the humor uh, of, of the modern internet. Um, but, yeah, he's since then has been working for Cracked. He wrote for Electronic Gaming Monthly. He had a column called And the Rest of the Crap, where, like, the review crew would review real games. And then his column 
he would review everything else that the review crew was sent that they never had any intention of reviewing. So it was like Barbie <laughs> games right, and like, right. you know, like the, the bad Super knockoff. Obscure. Yeah. Like, well, like the licensed movie, like, but for Game Boy. So it's like <laughs> right. it, a lot of like Olsen twins games came through him. Right. And so it was like, you know, so he, he sort of built a big fan base doing that. And then he decided at some point that he wanted to make a game and he made Calculords, which is, uh, it's the game. The first Calculars is free on iOS and Android. You should go check it out. It's amazing. It's a strategy game uh, where, <laughs> how does he describe it? It's a card-based tower defense math game where <laughs> if you want to deploy units into your three lanes to attack or defend, you need to buy that card with math. <laughs> so yeah, Learning is a byproduct. Yeah, learning is a byproduct. Yeah, so if you have a card that says 60 on it, you need to add, subtract, or multiply, or divide to get 60 on your number pad to deploy that card. And if you're, if you use all of your numbers, you get a math bonus and you get a second set of numbers so you can deploy more cards. Um, so he's making a sequel to that game. That's a lot more polished, a lot more production value going into it, a bigger team. And he invited us yes. to sound design and score it. We so. are honored to have supplied music and sound, uh, for Calculords 2. And it sounds like this. That's the song, so look out for that. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be an insert. We'll post a link to the Kickstarter page too. It's 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 pretty badass. Uh, for uh, oh, for Patreon uh, supporters, we also will probably be releasing that soundtrack early, uh, and it's chock full of good stuff. It's uh, many many minutes of high quality soundtrack, high quality pro- game, music production, game action. Yes. If you want to run around and pretend you're a video game character, you could do a lot worse. <laughs> Stomping on some Goombas. <laughs> right on. Um, yeah. So that's that's Calculords. What else we got? Should we jump into some entertainment recommendations of the week? Entertainment recommendations We're of gonna the need week. A song for this. We need stings for like our our sections, right? Yeah. Uh, here, uh, I'm gonna I'll write uh, I'm gonna I'll write uh, you know oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, entertainment recommendations of the week. Yeah. Craven, go. Cra- okay, right. So a friend of mine uh, said, you need to see the Kingdom of Heaven director's cut. And I was like, uh, what? Uh, so Kingdom of Heaven represents this bizarre, extreme situation where... The theatrical cut, this is Kingdom of Heaven is, is by uh, Ridley Scott and uh, directed by Ridley Scott. And it's an example where the theatrical version was critically demolished. And the director's cut, which I just is, picture a gang of critic, critics like just, appearing over the horizon with like baseball, baseball bats and, and sledgehammers, glass bottles, <laughs> chains, you name yeah, it. Yeah, and just beating on the Blu ray or something. Um, Orlando Bloom. (laughs) 
it, so it, in the director's cut, which is over an hour longer than the theatrical version, is hailed as one of Ridley Scott's greatest films. So I, I didn't, I was not even really aware of this um, because I guess you know. I'm not sure that Kingdom of Heaven director's cut was really released with the same kind of pomp and circumstance that something like the Blade Runner films have been. You know, with every subsequent version of the Blade Runner films, they're like, oh my God, this is the definitive, ultimate best. And and they are. <laughs> like the most recent version of Blade Runner is unequivocally the best version of Blade Runner. But um, Whose version is that one? I, I it's had the like director's the cut from like ten over ten years. Yeah, ago. no, it's like the super. It might have been. It might have been the the that one. But it, there was one that was like the oh, super. It was like twenty years ago, actually. Jesus. Okay, Christ. yeah, no, <laughs> this one was the the like the super remastered version where they actually went in and they replaced some faces, you know, on some of the the stunt doubles and things like that. Oh. And they did some digital retouching that was only when they needed to do it to really just completely so they did seal what the deal. Lucas wanted to do and his intent his intentions were but I don't know what Lucas's intentions were we can only guess you know what his intentions were <laughs> but you know but but this was an the idea of just going in and uh, I'll give you an example of one of the effects they did I'm getting a little bit off here but um with Blade Runner you know in the original film Harrison Ford's eye is reflecting Los Angeles and the year 1999, no, uh, 20, what was it, 20, 2000 and something? You know, it's always hilarious when movies are like, in the year 1985. By, by the way, <laughs> just on the side, if you watched our, our total, our full body copper system video, that like uh, enemy combatant neutralization drone footage was from class of 1999, which is a great futuristic <laughs> movie about the apocalyptic high school experience. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So I'm gonna keep working backwards down the tiers until I come back to Kingdom of Heaven with this. So the you so, heard it here, folks. Craven recommends the Blade Runner definitive DVD. Uh, so what's what next? The, so one of the effect shots was they took uh, Harrison Ford's eye, which was reflecting Los Angeles, and in the original theatrical cut and the one after the, you know, all the versions, uh, it was like a still shot of an eyeball where they had just superimposed right. Los Angeles. So in this new version, the final most definitive version, they actually had a, a moving iris and things like that, uh, or mo moving pupil um, to nail the effect shot. And it's just small things like that where they just went in and did like some fine tuning and it, it's awesome. So anyway, Kingdom of Heaven uh, just I, is one of those examples where they took a great film, I guess, and just completely neutered it for the theatrical release and the stu studio tampering did all the damage. The studio lined and they up just down said, the street with baseball bats yep, and broken with, glass, broken glass right, bottles right, right. and chains. That movie couldn't and catch a break. they just said, F it, let's release it. And it was critically panned, you know? So the, I watched the director's cut the other night and it's spectacular. It's just awesome. I got to check uh, that out. The, the, the score, the, the, the battle sequences are absolutely epic in their scope. It's uh, Ridley Scott is an awesome director, you know, and, you know, I think every director has sort of their ups and downs, but this is one of those films where Robin Hood. I'm going to have to. <laughs> it always comes yeah, back to Robin you know, Hood. It always does. It always comes back to Robin Hood. But so that's that's and my Tom Hanks. That's my I know there's somebody out there waiting for that Tom Hanks drop. <laughs> there it is, bitches. There it is. <laughs> I got no bitches. context for it. All right, so Zach, so, yeah, on no, that to sounds you. awesome, and I gotta, I want to check that out. Um, it took me a second to even remember what the hell Kingdom of Heaven was. I pictured some sensitive movie where Orlando Bloom was like 
like Kingdom of Heaven was like where he found true love or something like well, that. Well, you know, it's like it, a badass fantasy. It, film. It's almost a little bit like that. It's a little bit about him him fi- finding love again. But oh, okay. Uh, so it, it, that is there, but, but it's, through medieval combat. It's about the Crusades, and oh, the, uh, the, most right. of the film takes place in Jerusalem, and it, it's 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 beautiful. It's I'm a beautiful in. film. Um, my entertainment recommendation. Um, my girlfriend and I recently went to a theater that was doing sort of a, a retrospective on what many people call the greatest entertainers of all time, the uh, Nicholas Brothers. Um, and my, the little, my girlfriend's a, a tap dancer, and so these these guys are sort of her heroes. And uh, th- I've discovered them through her. And what we saw was just blew us away. Like the guy who presented the, he was just presenting lost footage and just famous scenes mixed in with interviews that he did with them 30 years ago. And these guys, I don't know. It's like, he said, it's not fair to just call them tap dancers. He's like, these guys are dancers and they're entertainers. And it's like Fred Astaire, um, everybody up to, up to Michael Jackson have like, and however you feel about Michael Jackson, that dude could fucking dance. <laughs> and these people all agree that the, the Nicholas brothers are the greatest dancers of all time. And if you watch any of their films, pull up the clip from uh, Stormy Weather, I think is known as probably one of the greatest dance sequences ever yeah, filmed. Yeah, it was 1945, yeah. I think. Yeah, and it's in an all-black film. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like, you just, all I see when I see them move is like, what would tear on my body if I tried those <laughs> same moves? I'm just like, ACL, gone. Just like, kneecap, twisted, ankle, shattered. Like, it's... <laughs> They're, they're, they're just like it's it's not just dancing like go look up the clip right now um, these guys are ninjas they're ninjas yeah I mean the guy that, that presented it said it you know he's like they're not just dancing they're world class athletes and like you see it in every one of their movements and like and just like the, the, the filming was so great because he had something that my girlfriend hadn't even seen he had home videos that these guys made from like the 20s all the way up to like you know the 70s uh, I mean, like the level of like physical comedy they had, and like their the ability, just pure ability, was just it, it's it like kind of changed me. Like when I saw these guys, I was like, "What the hell can I do in this world that will you know, ever match?" The, the like, first time I saw that that clip from Stormy Weather, I, I just remember thinking, "This gives me so much hope in humanity yeah. <laughs> that people can do such." Awesome things, and these, know? and just like the world, and like the present, the presentation was like pretty raw too. He's like a lot of these scenes. He's like, I made a documentary with these guys thirty years ago. And he's like, I don't want to show that. I want to show you these raw scenes uh, from the time they were made. And so that you get a lot of like, because they're two, the, the the Nichols brothers are black, and it's like the time they were working was just like they struggled through it all. You know, it's um, and they did it with a smile on their face, and they did played by their own rules and stuck to their guns. They never, they were like, we will never play. Uh, um, a character that makes black people look bad, you know, like the, like the, during the time, a lot of black characters were portrayed as like, like slow, lazy buffoons. And like, they were like, nope, we ain't going to do it. So a lot of the time, although their scenes are hailed as some of the best sequences ever filmed, they are not credited as characters. They're always credited as special dancers. Uh, they're not given any lines and they are never filmed in the same frame as a white person. So it's like, so to see these things and to have them explain to you in that context, you're like, how do these guys do it? And like, like, for me to complain that like we're not making any money doing what we do, and like these guys had, you know, everything they had going against them with a smile on their face and a freaking skip in their step. Well, these guys are are, are you can see in their performance they're bursting with joy in their skill, you know. Um, so yeah, those guys. Check out the Nicholas Brothers if you get a chance. They're, Nicholas they're Brothers, yeah. I love it. Um, shared experiences. Uh, you may have saw on Instagram, 
he may not have known that I shared this either. Uh, Craven and I went to the, the Ghostbusters VR experience at <laughs> Madame Trussaud's in, in New York. Yes, we had a special <laughs> guest come over and stay uh, with us, J- none other than J.C. Powers of uh, Spirit Questers and Skittles fame. Yeah, he's the... <laughs> J.C. is the guy uh, with the problem. With the Skittle in the shits. Skittles, yeah. In Skittles ad. He, he's just he's like a dear friend from, from way back in the day. Uh, we're always working on new projects, um, and he's you know he he's always involved. Uh, but we all uh, got together and went to the the Ghostbusters Ultimate VR experience, man, and that was no joke. Uh, so you know from 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 you know listening or following us that we're into VR and augmented reality and all this stuff. But so this caught our attention. Um, uh, we had heard that this experience was pretty cool and pretty cutting edge. But man, I was not prepared for that at all. And I knew even less about it. So when I, I think when we first like, even just when they first put the goggles on us, I was just like, oh, dude, my, I'm gonna freak out. <laughs> this yeah. is So it's it's an installation at, as Zach was saying, at Madame Tussaud. How is it pronounced? It's either Trousseaus or Trousseaus. I don't know. It's the wax museum with the the, the wax. We'll creepy, fix that later. Wax we'll fix people. that later yeah. in post. <laughs> so it's an installation within within the place. And it's a 10-minute experience where you basically strap on VR goggles uh, with a headset and a proton pack, which doubles as a the computer that's powering. So you're not tethered to anything. And you get a, a proton blaster. And you are free to physically walk around an actual environment that is mapped to the VR environment. So when you're like reaching for a doorknob in the VR space, there's a real doorknob there in the physical space. And it's completely mind blowing. <laughs> like, uh, I, yeah. and, and you can see the other people that are with you, they're avatars. So yeah, if you have like the computer on your back, you're generated in that, uh, in your, in your friend's experience. So there's it's a three person <laughs> experience so that you can see two other ghostbusters there with you. Um, yeah, it's and you know we won't. I, I don't think we should go into too many. I know. Details I just want to spoil. Let's just say it's it's a it's a multi sense experience. Like they hit you with like si- uh, sight, sound, smell. It's it's <laughs> crazy. It blends together, and you're like, it's almost. It, here's I will spoil this. The worst. Get ready if you do this. They will rip the fucking headsets <laughs> off of you without any warning. There's zero transition <laughs> between the Matrix and the real world. <laughs> And it's kind of fucked up. It's as harsh as it is it in is the Matrix. It is harsh. Your brain screams and you start sweating. Like your heart just can't deal with like that reality shift. It's, it's, that, it's really dangerous. That was the only thing that I didn't like about the experience is when you're finished, they don't give you any sort of re, re, uh, re-entry point that is smooth. They just basically like rip the goggles well, off because your head. Because here's like the first thing that's shocking about it is that the only people you see in the world are the ones generating an avatar. So there could be... Dudes like just sit standing right next to me, and I, I have no idea because they're not generated by the, the by the, the the equipment. So this this woman was right in front of me, grabs the goggles and just wrap just just rips them off my head, and I almost did like a like a defensive like like push kick to her chest. Like I was like you, yeah. I was in like full fight or flight. I was mode. pretty I'm, shocked by that too. I, somebody should talk to them a little bit about yeah. that. But you know, I, I don't suppose there's any easy way. You can't just go and grab the. Well, person. just tell me like heads up. You're at the end. I'm about to take the goggles off. Like even just a little bit of a heads up would and, be tight. And there's you know? there's this sort of narrator too. Like she could have been like, okay, prepare yourself to re-enter the real world. Right. A- anything would have been better. Than All the I can think of is that scene where. Uh, <laughs> 
you know in, in the Matrix when they first like rehabilitated Neo on their ship, and they're like, <laughs> we're gonna put you back in the Matrix, and, and Morpheus goes, this is going to feel a little weird. And then he's just like. It, it like goes flashes white and it looks like he's screaming, but then he just opens his eyes and he's like, "Oh, I'm fine." But it yeah, was like that yeah. transition right. was like so sh- like violent almost. And it was, <laughs> but if anybody is in New York City and you're looking for a one of a kind, a little bit too short but still awesome experience, check out uh, the VR Ghostbusters Ultimate. What's uh, experience? It, it was totally top notch. I'm gonna have to do it again. Yeah, we, we should do it again. again. What's funny about the proton guns though is that. Uh, the the actual physical thing you're holding is like it looks more like a pulse rifle from aliens. I'm like, dude, this is badass. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna capture ghosts. We're gonna end their like their existence. And you do blast ghosts. In yeah, there. you blast ghosts. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I it's fighting so hard not to just ruin the whole thing. For I me. know I can't. We just we need to just remain tight. Here's on this here's one. a piece of advice. So what we we thought we were just buying a ticket to the Ghostbusters experience. So we just <laughs> did that right away. And then we were told, no no no, you bought a ticket to the whole museum. Like there's like other like virtual experiences as you can go to. So if you go, do the Ghostbusters thing last because the rest of it was trash compared to <laughs> Ghostbusters. We did yeah. like the, the the Avengers 4D experience and it was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was embarrassing. So it's like God, you put on the glasses. Bad. It's just regular 3D glasses. And it's just like like last generation CGI <laughs> movie of the Avengers like punching <laughs> Doctor Doom robots. And they like... They spray you in the face with water from yeah. the chair in front of you. They call I, it the 4D experience. Oh like you've all God. seen it if you've ever been to you know any kind of weird 4D. The the seats shake. Yeah, JC said the, it reminded him of Captain e, Captain EO back in like the Disney <laughs> Disney World uh, um, attraction. Yeah, and it, I guess it's sort of like these new theaters now, right? What are they called? Um, the theaters they have something like 250 speakers and they shake the seats oh. shake and they flash lights in your face That's when awesome. when Optimus Prime. Starts firing his weapon. Oh my god! They, they, yeah, because like, I, I the guess theater, it's like supposed the side to. Of it, I guess yeah. they're supposed to be a little kind of overwhelming. It's it's just weird to me because I was just like because we did the Ghostbusters thing first, so my mind was already like this is this is like this is bush league, man. This is like yeah. there's, no, no, this, no, no, there's no. just lights flashing on the side of me. Like I was no, fully aware I, of what I was happening. I gotta give that girl credit. One some girl there was one one girl working in uh, this one section of of one of the. Uh, Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so there's like another Ghostbusters section to go through. Is yeah. it the wax, the Ghostbusters set wax the, the museum? The Ghostbusters wax museum, right? And that was pretty cool. And one employee totally got us. You know, they. Uh, she, she got you. She, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was up in the front there. Like, so, they, of course, there are wax people all over the place, and it starts to freak you out. You know, and one one person in there, one employee, <laughs> one tricky was, little lady, one, one tricky lady <laughs> was like, "I'm gonna stand here perfectly still as people approach," and she did it. She she was like completely frozen in time. Well, she also and, was just dressed like, uh, and she was like dressed a, like she had somebody, an outfit yeah. like from the that matched the setting. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever go there, just watch out for employees. Being wax employees. Being I mean, it's like what it's like what any horror movie involving wax figures was all about. Like that's. I mean, you I've almost seen several wax-based <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> I mean, you think to yourself like they would never do that in there. And of course, I asked I asked some other girl working there if that was something that they planned, and she was like, "Nope, you know." Cassandra just does that to people. That's, <laughs> that's what a, she likes to that's do. That's a risk, man. Just like it could have been. What if somebody was like feeble and they, they just their heart just explodes? I mean, they clearly don't care. They rip VR head, headsets off of your face when you're 
knee deep in a different experience. <laughs> 15 minutes is all it takes to convince your brain that you're it busting is. ghosts. It took me seconds. Like once we got to, all right. Yeah, oh yeah. It's, yeah. It's, once you're in there, once it's, you're, in there it's, it's, you're, you're a ghost buster. <laughs> anyway, I think this is a good chance for us to, we did, our, we did sign waivers. So we to, did to we, their we credit. Yeah. To their credit. They were completely not liable for our hearts. <laughs> They were. It was open season on uh, on our on our mortality. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's probably a good place to wrap up. Let's so, do it. Uh, so yeah. thanks for listening to our podcast number three. Yeah. Uh, keep. Uh, we'll keep you updated on all kinds of new and cool things that are coming up. Uh, there will always be episode five news coming in hard and fast because we're deep in it now and we're totally psyched. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Should we have like a sign off, like? catchphrase like yeah, keep on rocking Arl Nation let's <laughs> <laughs> I like that ready yeah. keep, keep on, on rocking Arl Nation, Nation. <laughs> peace <laughs> let's do that that's it